This is episode number 15 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. I chose this week's theme after having a rough week. Raise your hand if you too had a rough week. I bet I'm not alone. I thought I would share with you what happened, what I did that didn't help, and what I did that did help. Because in the end, I am feeling much better. The title of this week's episode is Baby, Tell Me What You Need. Let me start with a story. This one is not about me, but about my sister's first daughter, Taylor. Taylor is the firstborn of her generation. Seven more nieces and a nephew followed after her entrance, but she came first, and as such, she was the one to train all of us adults in how to raise babies. Taylor was born in the spring of 2001. It's hard to believe she'll be 20 this year. She is an articulate and successful young adult and now fully equipped to tell her own tale. But when she was born, she couldn't tell us a thing. She couldn't talk, of course, because she was a baby. I was in my first year of graduate school at the time. The week she was due, I flew back to Texas to be there for her birth and the first week of her life a time I will never forget. Taylor would not stop crying. Her mother, her father, and I had divided caring for her into eight-hour shifts. I remember one particular night shift well. I rocked her, I bounced her, I sang to her, I cooed to her, I walked around in circles, I told her stories, nothing helped. Baby, tell me what you need, I pleaded with her as she whimpered and wailed, but she couldn't tell me or any of us. She didn't have words. All she could do was cry. So we all suffered. The adults who couldn't soothe her and this poor baby who couldn't be soothed. It turns out that my sister's breast milk hadn't fully come in yet, and the baby was hungry. That's all. At some point after I had gone back to school, someone figured this out, my sister's breast milk freely flowed. Baby Taylor was satisfied, and 20 years later, she is leading a healthy, vibrant life. So that's a happy ending. Why do I tell you about baby Taylor? Because while infants clearly cannot communicate their needs in anything but whales, adults can find our words and ask for what we need. It may seem impossible, but it's only just really, really hard. <laughs> And as I was reminded this week, finding our words and asking for the specific support we need in our worst times can make all the difference between plunging headlong into depression and slowly coming out from under the rock and back into the light of day and connection. Here's the truth. I felt for a couple of days this week like an infant without my words. I felt hopeless and stuck and I watched while the well-meaning people around me profoundly misfired in their attempts to support me. I judged them and withdrew further, and spun very elaborate stories in my head about how unsupported I am. Okay, so let's review that cause and effect for a moment. I didn't tell people, namely my husband and a dear and unsuspecting friend, what I needed. Surprise, surprise, I didn't get it. And I was therefore convinced that I couldn't have it, that the world was a terribly unfriendly place and I was alone. Really, my conclusions were largely creating my reality, 
but I couldn't see that at the time. So these are very paralyzing and very dangerous thoughts, and they become a loop, fulfilling themselves and ensuring that we stay stuck. So what happened? How did I get out of this dark headspace? Here's what I did. I went to bed. Before I tried to communicate any further with anyone, I closed my eyes. The next morning when I woke, I made three major attempts to reach out. In the first instance, I called my husband. I took a very deep breath, pushed my receding will back out, and here was the pivotal moment. Rich, I said, can I talk to you and will you just listen to me? Don't say anything. And if I cry, just let me cry. Can you do that? He could. Yes. He said yes. And that was it. In that communication, I crossed the threshold. It's like I came out of the state of a pre-verbal baby and back into my adult self. Ironically, it was then that I started sobbing. I hadn't been able to cry before. Through my tears, I shared with him all of my irrational thoughts and reminded him not to reply. And the boulder over my heart groaned and shifted off. In the second instance, I texted a friend and said, I hate everyone and I need to just get it out. Do you feel resourced enough to listen to me vent and not make sense? She did and we did. And I cried some more. She encouraged me gently and generously and I felt better. The third attempt was the hardest. Every Friday night, my husband and I have dinner with his parents. I did not want them to see me in my shaky state, but I realized it would be a very high cost to avoid dinner altogether, too. It seemed like we were having a defining moment. Could they hang with my big feelings? Could I hang with revealing my truer self to them? I decided to ask. I sent a text to the family thread and said, I'm having a rough week and have been having some big feelings. Are you open to my being honest about how I'm feeling over dinner? They wrote back immediately. My father-in-law said one precious word. Sure. My mother-in-law was more verbose and lovingly welcomed me in all my emotional glory. I went to dinner. You have to subscribe to my newsletter to get the video about how that went. It's a really good story. So today I have come to some different conclusions. Now I have concluded that the world is filled with people who can handle my feelings, who care about me deeply, and who are highly available to support me in my time of need. All of that was true. On the day when I concluded, I was very alone. The factor that made all the difference was I found my words to ask. Now, let me also add that because of my many privileges, I did not have certain stressors that might have made this much harder. I'm not hungry or homeless. I do not fear my safety on a day-to-day -day basis. I am well-educated, happily married, and able-bodied. I am white, cisgender, and a native English speaker. If any of these privileges were instead barriers, this might have been a very different story and very different kinds of supports would be needed. This is important to keep in mind. All of our capacities exist in a context of very real resources and barriers. 
So like everything, the capacity to push against the internal quicksand of despair is a practice. I recorded this week's episode in case you might benefit from my experience. I would not be doing my job if I didn't level with you. You must practice asking for support in low-intensity moments on a regular basis. If you stand any chance of being able to ask for help when you most need it, because when you most need it, the most resourced parts of you will feel very far away. It's everything we have done up to that moment that will be our saving grace, as it was for me. Muscle memory, when it comes to positive coping, is a real thing. For this week's homework, in low-intensity moments, ask three different people for three different things and ask precisely. For example, will you share a song with me that has inspired you? Will you give me some advice about this particular thing? Will you listen to me without talking for five minutes? Get specific. You may not get exactly what you ask for, but you can negotiate from there. And either way, remember, you are asking for things in low-intensity moments. I would rate my mood state at my worst this week at a 9. You are going to be asking for help in moments of a 5 or less in intensity, okay? And I'd love to hear how it goes. Please consider sharing in a review on Apple what you ask for, what happened, and what you learned. And remember to sign up for my newsletter to get the video about what happened at dinner on Friday night with my in-laws when I brought my big feelings along. Sign up at drjessicatartaro.com. Thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Oh, oh, oh.